It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Inside Sources. Congressman Blake Moore represents Utah's 1st District in the U.S. House of Representatives. Uh, He's the sole representative we have for Hill Air Force Base and Utah's defense community on the House Armed Services Committee. We know that uh, the uh, National Defense Authorization Act has passed through committee, and many of the things that uh, Representative Moore was trying to get in in terms of provision uh, were incorporated into the bill, and he joins us now to discuss what some of those are, the impact here at home, and what else is happening in Washington. Representative Moore, thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much, Boyd. Appreciate it. All right. So as you looked at the National Defense Authorization Act, moving through your committee there uh, back in Washington, D.C., there were a number of things that uh, definitely impact uh, what's happening at Hill Air Force Base. I want to hit a couple of those. One of those I wanted to get right to was uh, this military spouse licensing reciprocity. This is something we've seen uh, a little bit of action on the Senate side uh, with Senator Lee and some others uh, working on that. Tell us how it looks on the House side and what you were able to get incorporated into the bill. Yeah, so what it will do is requires the Department of Defense to establish a uniform process through which um, you know, professional licenses and certifications of military members and their spouse can so they can remain in good standing. Um, and, uh, you know, I've actually moved around a lot. My wife and I lived in Southeast Asia, and it's it's so sometimes so difficult um, for spouses to be able to find gainful employment when they're moving around. Yeah. And these are just they're they're let me they're 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 barriers that shouldn't exist, right? And they're typical. They're nurses and they're you know there's lots of different types of of careers that um, are transferable and that makes their their life and their ability to interact with the community so much better. So this is something that was really excited. These are the you know we, we got we got so many little like practical things that have just been, you know, exist, you know, been issues for several years that we need to just sort of, sort of like get yeah. through the process. Um, sometimes it takes a little while just to kind of chip away at it. And we were, we, we were excited. So we got, it got, it got that, that particular piece got passed through um, some things like the 180 day rule. We've talked about that before yeah. um, was a big success because that didn't make it through the initial push. And then we kept beating down the wall on this one. And, <laughs> And it all worked out. So. Uh, that's that's great. And it is. We often don't think about that as military spouses move around the country or around the world. If they're, uh, like you said, a, a nurse or uh, uh, work in uh, in healthcare or or any of the trades that have licensing requirements, often that's so expensive and so time consuming to relicense in a different state. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we love that. I want to hit real quickly. Uh, you also uh, had some uh, pieces that were incorporated into this as well in terms of the uh, ground-based strategic deterrent, the assessment of Afghanistan intelligence failure, uh, and then also another important one in terms of veteran hi- hiring. Give us a quick uh, snapshot of those. Yeah, so the, the top priority was ground-based strategic deterrent. That's the um, that's the modernization of our nuclear, um, uh, so our, our triad technology. That's the, nu- that's the, that's the nuclear deterrent that it's for centuries or for, for half a century 
kept us from getting into major global conflict, right? Like these are these are the measures in place, and it's been it's been way overdue. It's like a ten year program that's now on its fiftieth year with the Minuteman Three. That is going on right here in the first district. It is um, it's the whole modernization of it, and this year we were able to the full funding of that. That's been um, a few years, so it's still in its right. infancy. So this is a, is a really crucial year. It was our top priority. We got that through. Um, uh, there was a lot of really good work uh, and good bipartisan work on how we're going to go about the Afghanistan accountability. Some of our some of our pieces we put in. We we, we dropped the first piece of legislation on this, um, and we were able to sort of cut pieces from that and incorporate it into the NDA because not everything goes to the defense. Some of it will go to intel. Some of it will go to foreign affairs. Mm. And we were able to sort of cut up some of those things and get them into the NDAA as well so we can go and have the po- sort of postmortem on, on those decisions that were made. And you know, there were some you know, things like that. So it, it, was, it was all in all just a really, really broad group of, of broad topics. But, you know, we, got, we literally <laughs> had like 18 of 21 amendments yeah. get through That's... from the minority, too. Like it was, it was an awesome experience. 17, day, 17 hour. We finished around 3 a.m. Um, had had a lot of really good success and a lot of our top 10 priorities, most 80% of our top 10 priorities um, all made it through. So we were really, really excited. Uh, wonderful. Congressman Blake Moore, we appreciate you carving out a, a quick bit of time for us on a Friday rolling into uh, an important weekend as we commemorate uh, 20 years since uh, 9-11. Much has happened and uh, we appreciate your service back in our nation's capital and uh, for these important things that are now part of uh, what has come out of committee in the National Defense Authorization Act. Uh, all of those very important uh, to the state of Utah and particularly uh, to those who uh, serve us at uh, Hill Air Force Base. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you, Boyd. All right. uh, Critical stuff there from Representative Blake Moore. Appreciate him jumping on the line. Uh, So many moving parts and things going on back in our nation's capital. And as we round out hour number one, uh, I think it is important for us uh, to recognize uh, so many things. If you missed the first part of the program, we had Bryant Montgomery uh, with us and we were talking about 9-11 and his unique view of that. Uh, You want to go listen to the podcast on that one. He was with President George W. Bush on Air Force One in the bunker and just a unique perspective in terms of what we should remember and how we should move forward. Come back. Hour number two is going to be uh, critical conversations coming up here on Inside Sources on KSL News Radio. We'll be right back. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.